This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with... And me, Cindy Jennings. Cindy Jennings, and we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, on the shores of beautiful Lake Superior. And I have to say that, um, uh, uh, you know, I have not known uh, my, our next guest very long, in fact, not much more than a month, and I, I have not, I don't know if I've looked more forward to an interview more than this one, because as I told our next guest, Matthew Sewell, that I think that we are actually brothers from a different mother or something like that, because we are... <laughs> On the same page of just about everything, as far as I can tell. Matthew, welcome to Real Presence Live. Yes, thank you. Good to be with you guys. Matthew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, broad question. Uh, I, uh, yeah, my name is Matthew Sewell. I, I live out in Spokane, Washington. Uh, grew up in beautiful western Montana. Uh, we've been a lifelong Catholic, and for just about the past, oh, I think nine or ten years or so, I've really kind of taken it seriously, and... Um, once I had that kind of conversion within the church type moment, I found myself just uh, diving headfirst into everything uh, that I could learn about the faith, and that um, also branched out into learning everything about church history. And so, so that's kind of I think the occasion for for our interview today, ultimately. But um, yeah, I'm married and have uh, a little boy named Leo, and uh, another little boy on the way here in the next couple of months. So yeah, kind of Aww. good. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And, uh, you know, there's a particular, I mean, you say church history, but there's a very particular niche of church history that you, at least that I've gotten to know you through, and what what's that niche of history? Yeah, indeed, that would be uh, papal history, which I, I am always a little bit disappointed that it's not more popular, but it always seems like people have at least a, a bit of an, of an intrigue for it. So, um, yeah, so I, I specifically, the last four years uh, have been, I think, four and a half years, maybe, gosh. Um, I've been running a, a podcast called the Podcast: The History of the Papacy. Now, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, your your thoughts are my thoughts. It's like, why is this not more popular? Because I, I feel like I've got like three right. eyes when people because everybody knows me in this part of the world as the Pope priest, you know, because I just love papal history. But it's so fascinating, right? I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. How'd you guys yeah. find each yeah. other? No, I think. Go, uh, go ahead. That's a good question. So I have. Well, go ahead, Father Rich. Yeah. No, go ahead, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah I, uh, I, I've been aware of Father Rich's work for, I don't know when I ran across you for the first time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a year or two. Um, and so I've, I've been actually wanting to have him on, on as a guest because, <clears throat> well, here's, you know, me, the guy who, uh, I started out this about five years ago, six years ago for my day job at Flocknote writing. It's a, it was a free daily email series that's actually still going called Popes in a Year. Um, so people can sign up for that if they want to, um, com slash popes, where it was just a daily entry from Peter to Francis going from 1 to 266, just a little two-minute uh, entry that was a little more lighthearted, kind of easy access to, to papal history. And then, uh, yeah, started getting the podcast a few years later um, last year, so I, I, I don't know, probably was just Googling one night and was like, who else is a papal history nerd like me? Are there anybody, is there anybody else out there shouting into the void? As it were, and then I find you know papalartifacts dot com and find this priest out in the Minnesota who has the largest you know collection of papal memorabilia outside of the Vatican or whatever. And yeah, um, yeah finally got around to emailing him about a month ago, and um, we had a great chat. I think it was our second to last episode that I did. Um, yeah, but, uh, and I, and, yeah, I'm and ashamed I, that it wasn't earlier, but yeah. 
Well, and, and I'm embarrassed, and I truly am embarrassed to say that that I hadn't heard of your work until you reached out to me. And so it's like I'm. That's why I said it's like I can't believe it. there's another guy like me. It's like this is weird, you know. It's so and so we need to have a beer at some point. We have I to think, have a beer. I think you know what you need point. to do. You guys need to come together and do when you do your papal um, history reveal. Yeah. You should do a podcast together and talk about the things that you're going to. Well, see. we we have to get we have to get Matthew to Duluth at some time. So yeah. uh, there's that no would, d- August. There's no doubt Matthew, about that. Come so in August. so um, tell me uh, f- again. So it's Popecast. So if people can just like well you you tell them how. Tell them how you find how do you how do we find your Popecast? Yeah, so just called the Popecast. Popecast is one word, uh, and it's on on all the podcast platforms. Our website is thepopecast.fm. Um, yeah, you can you can find that there. Right? And um, yeah, I, I really started. I guess I mentioned popes in a year, and so that was a labor of love back in 2016, I think it was. And uh, I had been just dabbling in, a, in another unrelated podcast with a couple of friends, and that was going away around 2018, mid-2018. Um, and it just started percolating in my head that there was there was so much more to a lot of these stories that I'd written about that just didn't fit in an email, um, just by the by nature of, of it being an email. And I was thinking, man, that would be very interesting. I, was, I had been listening also to Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs Same, Mike Rowe's podcast that he'd uh, been doing called uh, The Way I Heard It, which was like a modern version of Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. Yep. So it was like a short-form, 10- to 15-minute episode uh, with like a little surprise at the end, kind of lesser-known histories. And it started like all coming together in my head. I'm thinking, that would be a perfect format for a Fable History podcast, so let's give it a shot. So that's effectively what it is. It's just, uh, yeah, 10- to 20-minute episodes, uh, one pope per episode, and usually every three or four episodes I'll try to sprinkle in an interview, like I, like the one I did with you, Father Rich, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, never a dull moment. Even when it was apparently a mundane pope who didn't appear to do anything interesting, there's usually always something to tie back to some sort of issue or trouble or stress that we're experiencing now, which I always find very refreshing. Yeah, well, it's one of your taglines, isn't it? You got you got a couple of different taglines. So I got a, a, a prisoner of mine who I kind of got onto the Popecast, and he's been listening to them, and he asked me oh. to have you use your tagline about old dusty books. Can you can you give us the tagline just to? <laughs> Appease my li- or, or oh. one of our listeners. Yeah, gosh, I'll try to. Uh, you haven't used see. it for oh, a while. Uh, I think that was your tagline early I, on. For people who don't yeah, like, I, I, yeah, for people who who love history but don't love dry dusty history books, that they go for one. Yeah, Exa- exactly. Right. Yeah, I figured so, around with a few, but that that was a good one. Yeah. So okay, so so here's my question. It's like so as I'm listening to you, because so I listen to every single one of them during Lent. Because, I mean, you reached out to me, like, right at around Ash Wednesday. I thought, I'm going to listen to all these. Not that it was an act of oh, penance. I just wanted, I just wanted to, 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 to go through Lent being able to say I finished them off. And I did. I finished them off. And so, so the one thing that I'm shocked at, well, the first thing is, that, okay, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's done his homework. He's, uh, this is not off the top of his head. Because if you were, you'd be an idiot savant of popes. But here's my question. So you, you make some of these names and these place names, these people's names, you must. You say them with such authority. It's like you know exactly how to pronounce them. But I'm thinking, if there was an Italian here, they'd probably like challenge you. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you, I, so, well, I mean, you're, you're so good at like these names. Like, oh, I'm just going to say this name. Like, I can't. I. You have to practice it like ten times to get that name down. <laughs> well, so yeah, I was going to say. I think it's a few things. One, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people pronounce. Uh, like I think one of my friends said quesadilla once, like unironically. Like, oh come on, come on! You, I know you don't speak Spanish, but we all know it's quesadilla, right? Uh, but like I said, we'll just always been one of my pet peeves of mispronouncing 
foreign words or foreign names. Um, also, there's a lot of really good, there's like always the little uh, pronunciations on YouTube. And so I always go look, a, look that up, look those uh, up and make sure to, I guess, pronounce them right. And then it's, you know, also the magic of not having a live show, I suppose, as, a, as opposed to a, a podcast where you can take a few cracks at it. So, so, I'm, glad so to get, I'm glad to know that it comes through. So could could you um uh, could you right now off the top of your head tell me the full baptismal name of Pope Leo the Twelfth? Pope Leo the Twelfth? No, I could not. Leo he's got the, the he's got the longest name in history, and you know it. Don't no, you? I don't know. Oh. It. I, I just know. <laughs> Come on, I, I, did, I did. I did. Some, I did. We do something called the Papal Minute on Real Presence Radio, and I did a, a whole a whole Papal Minute on his name because it was like crazy. So, um, uh, Cindy, do you have a question about... Oh, wait, Cindy wants it. Okay, go ahead, Cindy. <laughs> I want to do some Pope trivia. Are no, you guys no, up for no, that? No. Why? Okay, maybe at the Ooh, end if we have time. Okay. Yeah, she wanted to have a contest between I you know. and I. I don't know why Father is not wanting to do this, because he is, like, very competitive. I am. And, so, and I'm going I'm to whip Matthew, so, I mean, just... But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd mop the floor with me. That's yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, so, well, let me ask you this. How do you decide what aspects of the papal history to speak about on the pad, on the podcast on the podcast popecast popecast mm, yeah that's a i i would love to say that there's there's a, a consistent rhyme or reason like from you know when i started to now um in general i try to like i, I never i try to usually go i don't know uh a pope from like each uh 500 year swath of history and kind of rotate through that way unless there's you know i think once i did a and like i think i called it the infallibility series where it was um, Honorius the first, Vigilius, and Liberius, like the three popes who non-Catholics often point to you to say, "Oh, infallibility is false." And so I did three in a row on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I mean, sometimes there's—I think I did uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek um, episode called "The Pope Who Built the Wall." I think mm-hmm. right after President Trump got elected, maybe just, uh, just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just like kind of you know, ways to kind of—it's kind of a gag. Um, it was Saint Leo the Fourth who That's built fun. the Leonine Wall, which is still standing in Rome. Um, but yeah, in general, I just try, yeah, I try to kind of mix them up. Um, I would be remiss to say that, you know, if I don't have as much time as I would like, I'll probably pick one who has a shorter story than, you know, um, doing one on John Paul II, which took three episodes. Um, but yeah, in general, it's just, I just try to kind of space them out and, um, not do a bunch of things all the time and try to, you know, mix it up. A little do bit. You, do you have a favorite pope? Oh, I was going to ask him. Oh, so, okay, wait, I took wait, so, it. No, no, yeah. The thing is that he always asks your three favorite popes, and so I want to get to that a little bit later. So, so Cindy, Cindy does not I'm ask him what she thunder. can ask. So, so, but um, uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. No, no, that's great. And so, um, uh, what? I mean, can you just give us like just for two seconds what you're working on right now? Without like, I know, I know, I know, I know that you have to. Oh. I know you want to be careful about that because you have a specific, you know, people that sponsor you. They get that. Get that a little bit early, but is there anything you're working on now, or that you want to work on soon? Like it just more broadly, or or yeah, like no, for your next for your next podcast, for your next podcast. Oh yeah, the next podcast. Well, I think I did. Let's see, who's I don't know who was it? John, I think it was John the second I did last week. Uh, he was the first pope to ever change his name, right. Mercury, in history. And so, I, so I'm looking at yeah, somebody around yeah, Mercury is here, right? Uh, so I'll be looking at somebody probably around like the the 900s, 1000s, 1100s, because, which is always an interesting era. That's when yeah. I think Benedict the Ninth was the Pope three times yeah. and yeah. Um, when yeah Gregory the Seventh reigned and all that type of thing. So, so we'll probably be looking a little sneak preview. We're, uh, we're, talk- we're talking to Matthew Sewell from the Popecast. Sewell from the Popecast. Uh, we'll continue this conversation immediately after this brief break. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Pfeiffer of the Diocese of Fargo just reflecting on marriage between one man and one woman initiated in the mind and the heart of God for procreation, for unity, and fidelity. When a man and a woman approach the altar, they're asking God the Father's blessing. As they ask God the Father's blessing upon their marriage, the man and the woman complement each other as the woman becomes the heart and the man the head of the marriage, just as the head and the heart work together in our own bodies. There's three ways that a woman will become the heart through nurturing, nourishing, and nesting the home front where the man complements as the head the four Ps to protect, to provide, to push for excellence, and to become men of prayer. How is your marriage doing in these three areas? How can you help others to see the significance of marriage in the eyes of God? This summer, embark upon a journey with Monsignor Richter, Monsignor Shea, and Father Sattler to deepen your connection with Jesus Christ. As part of the University of Mary's Certificate in Prayer and Spiritual Direction, these courses will equip you to receive a life of grace and build a foundation for leading yourself and others deeper into a relationship with the Triune God. Join us Tuesday and Thursday evenings starting May 10th. Learn more at umary.edu prayer. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm uh, Father Richard Kuntz along here with Cindy Jennings. And uh, we've been interviewing and talking to my new best friend, Matthew Sewell, uh, only because we are like birds of a feather when it comes to papal history. So, so okay, so here I've got a question, Matthew. So, okay, first off, I mean, I was on your Pope cast, so I'm, I'm very proud to, to have been on that. It's very exciting that I was on that. I'm glad that uh, that you're on my show now, Real Presence Radio. And so I've got the question of who, you're, who are your first, who are your three favorite posts? But first I want to see if you remember my three favorite popes. Oh, the words you said was uh, John Paul II, John Paul II, and John Paul II, I think is what you said. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I was thinking. Did, I did say that. But I, but I also, I, I really, I did say that, good memory, but, I, but, but who are the three that I actually gave you? Oh, let's see, okay, John Paul II, uh, John Paul I, right, and yep. then, and Julius II, that's right, yeah, oh. you were the first person, the first guest I had who said Julius II. Um, but I, I like the yeah, I like the reasoning why. But also John Paul I. You said I was the first to do that one as well, right? Yeah. Okay, so who are your Yeah, th- yeah, right, exactly. Who are your th- three favorite favorite? Oh, man, that's so tough. It's so hard. I would I would say not counting John Paul and Benedict for one, because it would be like for for, for a fatal I fatal historian I, I let yours slide because it was uh, sure. very good, obviously. You met him like seven times. Yeah. Uh but yeah, usually I was I was Skip over John Paul and Benedict because that's, those are obvious choices. But um, 
I really love Pius the Seventh. He was wow. actually a servant of God. Yeah. So he was, uh, yeah, he was Pope at Napoleon in prison for like ten years, something like that. The turn yeah. of the nineteenth century. This little feeble man with this iron will is what it seemed like, and then he came back to Rome to a hero's welcome, and I think made provision somehow to take care of Napoleon and. Um, Napoleon had really kind things to say about him, even after having him in jail for 10 years. Yep. Um, so Pius VII is one. It, it, I also like to say these are in no particular order, because that's your pick favorites at the end right. of the day. Um, I love they're, all your, they're all Gregory your kids. VII. Gregory the Seventh. okay. Yeah, oh, right. my gosh. yeah, exactly, yeah. Gregory the Seventh. Um, yeah, I love because I think he lives at a time in the church with, that's very similar to our own, where, um, you know, all this mess with the clergy of the last, you know, 50, 100 years, and um, the church in general, and like just all of this uproar and all these types of things, and um, you know, general lowering of moral standards around the world, like all that type of stuff. So, like him being a, a reformer and a man like after the Lord's own heart, and like a very humble servant. Um, also, I like the you know the Walk to Canossa story where he made the emperor kneel in the snow for three days right. before letting him in and apologizing for excommunicating him. Yep. Um, so yeah, Pius seventh, Gregory the seventh, and then. Um, Oh, shoot. I don't know. Leo the Great's up there. Gregory the Great's up there, obviously, uh, too. Um, oh, what do I have to say? I, You know who I just learned about, actually, was Leo the Ninth, who I think okay. was... I think Gregory the, Gregory the Seventh was a deacon for him, uh, like 20 years before he was Pope or something like that. But Leo the Ninth, I found this contemporary biography. I don't know how I found... I should actually send you the link, Father. Hmm. Um, that somebody translated into English. Like, it was written... I think a year or two after he died, and he lived in like 1,000, so about 1,000 years ago. Um, and you just have this picture of this man who really, like, deeply cared for souls and worked out all of these insane miracles at a time right when, you know, the, the state of the church was, was starting to, to degrade. Um, and also apparently he cried a lot, which I thought was really funny how they like, he cried said, a lot? oh, he yeah. was weeping copiously. Yeah, all the, yeah he just, you know, but like, they, like to a... To a a large degree, but in this biography, is that oh, and then everywhere went. He was you know, weeping copiously and crying. Is that because you like can? Re- is that because you can time. relate to that? Or <laughs> <laughs> I may have the gift of tears, but I just thought it was funny because man, I'm trying to picture you know this pillar, very tall, strapping, like good looking uh, Pope what a waste, if you will. I don't know. Yeah. Um, who's also just you know deeply. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of a roundabout answer. I, I but I love John Paul the first two at the same time. I love Paul the sixth. I think you get the bad rap a lot of times. Paul yeah. VI does. So I could do like a top ten much yeah, easier me, than I could do a top three. Yeah, so me like, too. Yeah. And so, so okay. But here's the next question I have. But but do it maybe a little bit quicker. Okay, who who are the greatest? Sure. Popes? <laughs> who are the greatest popes? Give me the top uh, three greatest popes. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, John Paul II, just because he saw so many people and was actually world, tra- world traveler. A lot of those the exact reasons that you gave. Um, Leo the Great and Gregory the Great probably. I think, not to be cliche, but I mean, yeah. Gregory literally, you know, re- founded Western civilization and picked Rome <clears throat> up from the ashes. And Leo the Great just being like this, you know, pillar of like bridging the gap between the patristic era and um, after the fall of the Roman Empire. So I would say those would be the top three, probably. Did you name your son after him? Leo? I did, yeah. Okay. And uh, and fun fact the next one's uh, name is going to be Greg- Gregory. Oh, too. that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but I, yeah, I've, I've always loved that name. And I, people are like, oh, is it, is it because of Leo the Grand? I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, there's been five St. Leos 
um, one through four and nine. But then I also Leo the thirteenth. You can't, you know, you can't sleep on him. You know? Oh, exactly. Um, you know, the rosary pope and all that. Yeah. So, so, so is your worker, is your time. is your third son going to be named Formosus? Something would have to go seriously wrong, I think. For yeah. <laughs> how about if it's a girl? <laughs> uh, no. We did uh, Formosa. No. Uh, yeah. I think we're, the joke has been, yeah, we're working through the greats, or you know, there's the there's these um, windows of the doctors of the church in our parish in the cathedral in Spokane that has Leo and Gregory with them, like Ambrose, Augustine, and Jerome, also. And so, well, we'll we'll see what number three, which, which direction we go. So, 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 how long do you envision doing these pope casts? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, well, for one, there's enough there's enough material to go for quite a while longer. So I think we've I think I've done about eighty episodes, and I think about a little over seventy of them have been popes. The rest have been interviews or um, like an audio reading of you know a letter that Francis or Benedict has released. Um, so I'm you know barely a quarter of the way through. So there's still plenty of time to, to do the rest, and there's, there's lots of other stories. And then I mean, I think there's a a good opportunity to do you know characters in papal history that weren't necessarily popes. So the, the Savonarola's, the Cardinal Richelieu's of the world, that, you know, we have kind of caricatures in our head, but to tell their real stories I think would be pretty fun. So yeah. as long as time allows and I suppose children allow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no so so as, a, as a new listener that listened to all of them, I just want to, for our listeners, I want to promote the Pope cast. It is fascinating. You know, truth is truly stranger than fiction when it comes to papal history. And uh, uh, Matthew here does such a phenomenal job in bringing these popes to life. And so, again, they're really short. They're usually, like, as you mentioned, Matthew, uh, anywhere, you know, the shorter ones are like 11, 12 minutes. You can go up to 18, 19 minutes. But they're great. They're phenomenal. And so I, I just love what you're doing. And, and, and right now, Cindy's got, she's dying to ask I'm a trivia question. I so, know. so go I'm ahead, sorry. Cindy. Okay. So I, I think this is somewhat of a competition. I have no idea. I don't know what her questions are, Matthew, so I, I'm not... In fact, I think I'm at a disadvantage right okay, now. Maybe I will ask you each a question. That, okay. you get, that way, okay. if you get it wrong, if one gets it wrong, the other person can answer. Okay. Who was... Okay, okay, this is for you, Father. Okay. Who was the last pope to use the Sedia Gestoria? Sedia Gestoria, and that was yes. John Paul I. Darn. I wanted to stump you. Oh. Okay, So Matthew. this is for Matthew. This is for you, Matthew. Two popes mm-hmm. were elected at age of 20. Name one. Oh, he knows that. Oh, John the Twelfth was one, I believe. You name the other one, Father. Well, at the age of twenty, well, it, it wasn't. It was well. We already mentioned it wasn't Benedict the Ninth, was it? Wasn't he elected at nineteen? Yeah, I think it was oh. Benedict the Ninth. Is it Benedict the Ninth? Yeah. So, so between Very the young. two of us, we oh, got yeah. it right. Good job. Okay, um, oh, Father, one. this is another okay. question for you. All right, we have a guest here. Okay, I go know. ahead, quick. Who was the longest reigning pope? Well, and for how long? Okay, they normally say they normally say it's Peter, but I take issue with that. It's actually uh, Pius the Ninth, who is from eighteen forty six to eighteen seventy eight. Okay. Okay, well, Matthew, this is yours. This is wrong. Okay, Pope Francis once held a job at a nightclub. What was it, Matthew? <laughs> I believe he was a bouncer. Yes, yes ding, he ding, was ding, a bouncer. Ding, ding. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that fun? Was you fun. guys are equally matched. I'll good. have to come up with some good. tougher <laughs> questions. <laughs> no, I'm sure somebody else fed you those questions. But very good. So, uh, Matthew, uh, what's your? I mean, again, say something more about popes because you're just good at it. Oh gosh, well, I mean, it's just. I think it's just such an untapped potential, and, and has the potential to calm everyone's nerves. Like everybody's just on edge these days. I, I find myself. And Father, you're probably the same. I, I find myself like thinking, am I just an insane person that I'm, you know, not really particularly worried about the state of the world 
that, you know, like, okay, maybe Jesus comes back in our lifetime, but maybe not, because, I mean, you know, read back through <clears throat> any of these books, it seems like it's cyclical. Every 100, 200 years in some part of the, some large part of the church, there's just this, these massive crises going on, um, and massive degeneracy in certain pockets, and, you know, massive lack of faith, and, you know, the secular governments taking advantage of the church in some form, and it's like, there's just nothing new. I mean, it's a, you know, glib thing to say nothing new under the sun, but really when it comes to faithful history, it's just true. Yeah. Well, um, so I, I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. It's, it's your new tagline. You went from the dusty old history books to knowing people history knows that there's nothing really new in the world. We've done this all before. Mm-hmm. So that's your new right. tagline. So that's exactly yeah, I think, right. I mean, that, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's why it's most encouraging to me. And I think, um, is you know, that's why you don't necessarily have to be a lover of, of history in general, let alone papal history, to, to get something out of it. Because it's like, oh, wow, you know, 1,700 years ago, they were going through the same thing. Exactly, and you on your podcast you highlight the the bizarre, the you know the the fascinating, and so again I do really want to encourage listeners to to sh- check out the podcast. As a popaholic myself, I have totally um, uh, uh, eaten up your podcast, and I, I cannot wait for the next one. I always tell people, people, you know, maybe you can use this line too if you don't already, Matthew. So I always say that you know some people go papal, some people went postal, and I went papal. So I didn't go postal. I went papal, and so I, I said in regards to my collection. So you can you can use that sometimes. I don't go. I didn't go postal. I went papal, yeah. and it's kind of the same thing. Right, in some I, ways. I think. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's good. That's a good shirt idea. I think. Hey. And it, yeah. Okay. If you if you do one of those shirts, I want one. <laughs> That's okay. so so um uh, okay so just really um uh, a quick thought so for a guy like me I don't know if you're like me in regards to loving papal history but also fascinated with the current pontiff and just papal history as we see it unwrapping before us and so one of the uh, big news uh, recently in regards to Pope Francis is his health and so I don't know if you've been following mm-hmm. that much Matthew uh, some yeah not not uh, not rapturously but yeah but right. Um, yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm just curious if he's going to follow Benedict's lead in regards to uh, if he. What's your take on that in regards to recognize if he can continue his ministry with his uh, with his recent uh, medical issues? Yeah, I don't know. There's, I have a couple thoughts. I know that I've seen on Twitter in different places where people note that they say that the Vatican, you know, doctors are notoriously silent. They'll say, "Oh, the Pope has a cold today," and then right. tomorrow the Pope dies. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm just going to be fascinated to see whatever happens because the fact that Benedict retired is just you know unprecedented in yep. our age in the last ten generations. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll be fascinated to see what happens. Well, Ma- uh, Matthew, it's been great uh, talking to you. Thank you very much. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime. And I, I'm looking forward to a time we have a beer together. We have to have a good long talk sometime. Wait, when's, when's Gregory due? Uh, yeah, when is Gregory due? Before. Yeah, we get- uh, be- Beginning of July, yeah. Okay, so all right. Gregory July. the Great coming in July. All right, well, thank you very much, Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. God bless. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> all right, after this quick break, we'll be talking to a, a local guest right here in Duluth about videography. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 